0: I actually sat down with three different versions of myself. I sat down with past Nate. I sat down with present Nate. And then I sat down with future Nate. And I looked at past Nate and I said, man, you blew it. You did, you did a lot of really bad things. I don't like who you were. If you would have done things different, we would have a different life. But then I looked at past Nate and I said, I forgive you and i love you and i can't imagine what that would do for some of us right now if we looked in the mirror and we looked at our past self and we said i know you messed up but i still love you
1: hold up hold up hey yo tama beats let's get him something new to ride to you no time, time. welcome to the pursuit of passion podcast with k noel so take a seat and listen, listen to the practical words, encouraging words that are here to help you get over the hump in your life, cause you are in pursuit of your passion. Yeah, I see you, and I present to you, the pursuit of passion with K-Noel. Pursuit, pursuit, pursuit of passion, pursuit of passion, you gotta have it, gotta have it, yeah. Pursuit of passion, pursuit of passion, yeah you gotta have, you got what's going on fam this is k noel we back again with another episode now check this out before we begin i just want to let you all know i'm about to go on a mid-season break you know how i did like in season one i'm doing a mid-season break but i'll be back in let's see i'll, I'll be back in june So maybe the third, the first week, the first Thursday in June, I'll be back. You know, we hit you back with every Thursday, a new episode. So I'll be back then. So be on the lookout for me. In the meantime, check out my social media. You already know the handles, Twitter and Instagram, Relentless MG1, Facebook, Relentless Motivational Group. So be sure to, you know, follow me there. You know, I give y'all up to date stuff on what's going on. So moving on from that. I, I was introduced to a, this this gentleman that I'm about to interview today um, from a mutual friend. So um, I've been following what about a few weeks now, and just from the few weeks, man, this this guy's he's awesome, man. Um, and I'm excited to bring him to you all to the squad. So. I'm going what I'm going to let him introduce himself. So we all going we're going to be doing a little chatting and you'll be hearing some great things about him within the interview, all right? So I will let you introduce yourself, sir.
0: Hey Noel, first of all, thank you so much for having me on here. Um, My name is Nate Dukes, and I am just, I'm here to tell you, I'm a huge fan of what you are doing right now. I've been following you as well, and I'm very impressed with everything that you have started to do. But, uh, so, uh, my name is Nate. Uh, For the last 18 months, I've actually been writing a book. It's called, You'll Never Change. Uh, Create your comeback and prove them wrong. So people who have found themselves in a messy situation or feel like their life is too messy to change, um, oftentimes they believe this lie. And the lie is, I'm never going to change. Maybe a parent has said it. Maybe an angry spouse has said it. But oftentimes, the voice is loudest in our own head. And so I wrote this book to inspire people to start from the bottom, create their own comeback, and prove those negative voices wrong. So this is going to be a great conversation for anybody that is feeling worthless, that is anybody that is struggling in their current life situation, that is, that is looking around at their life as we speak and thinking, there's got to be something more than this. And so I'm excited to talk to you. I'm excited to dive in and, and really share my heart and, and also part of my story. because That's really where this all begins.
1: Awesome. awesome. So, so tell me, let's, let's talk about the book for a minute. What really inspired you that, OK, I want to write this book?
0: Yeah. So in order to do that, I got to take you back to 2017. Okay. So 2017, I walk out of jail. Believe it or not, I had found myself in a place that I never wanted to be. I'd made some really poor decisions. I'd taken advantage of a lot of people. I'd hurt others in my life. And now all of a sudden, I'm in this place that I never wanted to be in the first place. And when I got out of jail, I knew that I wanted to make some changes in my life, but I didn't know how. I didn't know where to start. And and truth be told, I didn't even believe that I could change my life. And so it wasn't until I started to get around some other people who could help me. It wasn't until I got involved and connected with a church that believed in me that I was able to start to make some positive changes in my life. I was a messy person, but there were some people who were willing to get messy with me. And so now really over the last four years, um, I spent not taking advantage of people, not hurting people, but instead helping inspire and helping other people create their own comeback. And so I've been having this conversation over and over and over and over again. The big question that I get all the time, Nate, how do I make my own comeback? And so I decided to take all the principles that I've learned everything that I have accumulated over the last several years and compile it into this book so that anybody can read it. They don't have to have that one-on-one coaching session with me. They can read the book for themselves and start to apply the principles right away.
1: Wow, man, that's, that's incredible. So on this journey to your book, how was that journey in, in writing?
0: Yeah. So I'll tell you, man, uh, every time I s- sat down to write the book, I would, um, I'd write for about an hour and then I'd type, 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 type. And then I would backspace, backspace <laughs> and delete the whole thing. And I- I'd sit down for a few weeks later and I type, 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 type. And eventually I delete the whole thing. And it wasn't until really when 2020 hit and the world stopped, And everybody got an opportunity to finally focus on some things that maybe they had wanted to do for a really long time, but never had the opportunity. Or, you know, we can come up with plenty of excuses. I'm busy. I've got things to do my job, my kids, all those excuses were gone. And so I really sat down and I said, if this is ever going to happen, this is the opportunity that I'm gonna take advantage of. It's gonna happen right now. And that maybe is a wake up call for some of us. When we have an opportunity right in front of us, sometimes it's staring us in the face and we really have to take advantage of those. What looks like something that um, is scary, what looks like is something is negative, can actually be some an opportunity for a breakthrough or a comeback or a new start. And so that's what I decided to do. The world was on pause anyways. So I I decided to get to work.
1: I think 2020 taught us, taught everybody some lessons. No, you ain't lying, brother. And and, I think the biggest lesson I learned was the importance of being still. Mm. Because we were all still for a good little portion of 2020.
0: Yeah, I got real good at it. I got real good at being (laughs) still.
1: (laughs) I'm naturally an in-house body anyway, but yeah. I, I got tired of being in the house sometimes, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think my wife got tired of me being in the house, too.
1: <laughs> All right, so tell us about your, your journey back then, you know, yeah. before the book, before the change and stuff. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that journey.
0: Yeah. So growing up as a kid, uh, we were the poor family. We just didn't have a whole lot. Um, My parents—they were kids trying to raise kids, and maybe you can relate, maybe you understand, maybe you know somebody who's in the same situation. And uh, you know, they were good people, but they had a lot of unhealthy mindsets, and those unhealthy mindsets were passed down onto me. I don't blame my parents for anything, but. I'll be honest with you, it was a tough childhood growing up. And so we were always constantly getting handouts or hand-me-downs. We did a lot of shopping at Goodwill and Salvation Army. And listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But it developed some unhealthy stigmas inside my own brain that said, there's something wrong with me and my life situation is never going to be any different than what it is right now. And so I remember very distinctly this um, church coming and actually helping us with our Christmas presents one year. My mom came and said, hey, listen, Christmas is going to be a little rough this year. Don't expect any presents underneath the tree. And that's never anything a kid wants to hear, right? right. You never want to hear presents ain't going to be underneath that tree. Yeah. And so when we woke up on Christmas morning and there were presents, not just underneath the tree, but everywhere on the couch, on the tables, underneath the uh, lamps, they were everywhere. <laughs> Um, I was really excited because I felt like, wow, for the first time in our lives, we have new stuff. We have stuff. And, and, uh, I was so thankful for this church because they were actually able to help us. But the problem was, is that if you don't actually get resourced and taught how to make new decisions in your life, you just find yourself stuck in that same cycle, in that same circle. And so growing up through my whole life, nothing really changed even though we got a lot of handouts and it w- wasn't until i went away to college for the very first time that uh, i felt like nobody was watching me and i could actually go out on my own and make my own decisions and i got introduced to drugs and alcohol very quickly like any other college student does and i'll be honest with you i had a really good time i had a whole <laughs> i had a whole lot of fun man um for the first time in my life i felt like i was the life of the party i felt like i had a personality I felt like I was finding and meeting new friends, but this is what I learned in that season of my life. That things that feel good in the moment aren't always good for your future. Yes, sir. Things that are feel good in the moment aren't always good for your future. But I didn't know that back then. And so I got introduced to um, ADD medication, which I used for studying and taking tests. I got introduced to uh, alcohol and then alcohol turned to pills and pills turned to everything else. And all of a sudden it went from just casually using drugs to now I was using them just to get by on my everyday life. And so after four years of going to college, I got to this point where, okay, I ran out of money. This college thing ain't going anywhere. I'm going to drop out. And when I dropped out, I I moved back home with mom and dad. And listen, that is never a fun move to make. Right. When you finally taste a little bit of freedom and you, you got to move back home with with the parents. And then you're like, how did I end up here? But I made the best of it. And they were great. And I was they were they welcomed me in. But I knew I needed to get a job. And so I got a job as a bartender. And then from being a bartender, I went and I started working at an IT company. And from there, I just started that I was, I was going to start my own business. I was Even though I dropped out of college, I, I, I could still be motivated and I could start my own thing. And so I started this marketing company. And maybe you've watched these movies where these young hotshot kids will drop out of college. They start their own company and they get super successful and they make a ton of money. Yeah, I want to be very clear. That never happened for me, okay? (laughs) I just did, I barely did okay. But what it did is it opened a door for me to be able to get involved with uh, a friend of mine who was opening a bar in downtown Youngstown, Ohio. And uh, he said, hey, Nate, I I know you've got some experience in marketing. I know that you've uh, got a little bit of money. Do you want to open this bar with me in downtown Youngstown? And I said, of course, because it scratched the, the entrepreneurial itch but it also scratched that party lifestyle itch that I had really developed when I was in college. Wow! And so now I go all in onto this business. I, I devote a piece of my soul into it and we take what was failing in the beginning and we turn it into something that was pretty successful over the course of two years. Now, all of a sudden I have access to more money than I've ever seen in my entire life. Now I, I, need to, I need you to understand something. It wasn't a crazy amount of money. It was just you got to understand we were the poor family grown up, and so for me, this felt like a crazy amount of money. Yeah I, All of a sudden I had I had a nice car. I had a beautiful apartment with a high-rise building. It was uh, I, I had friends in different in higher circles. I was networking and, and hanging out with people that I would never hang out with before. but I was still empty on the inside because I was, I was chasing success thinking that it would fulfill me. And it never did. And listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with being successful. In fact, if you're listening to this right now, I hope that you are wildly successful, that everything that you're working on right now, that God blesses it, that it works, that it makes an impact. But if all you're chasing is success, when you finally catch it, because you ultimately will, if you are not actually fulfilled from it, you'll be left empty on the inside, which is exactly what I was. I was empty. And so I started to try and fill that emptiness with other things because obviously the success wasn't filling me. So I started my drug addiction to ramp up. I started using more drugs, but I also started gambling a lot too at the casinos. I would go after the bar closed and I would head to the, either uh, the casino in Cleveland or the casino in Pittsburgh and wherever I could go. And so finally, um, you know, after gambling for so long, I don't know if you know how casinos work, but they are designed that the house always wins. Yeah. But I, I had this complex where I thought that I could beat the odds. And I think that sometimes optimistic people, we can get in our own way sometimes with that because we think that we're better than or we can beat it. But when it comes to math, I'm, I'm not any, I'm no math. I can't beat a math number. Okay. I can't beat a math statistic. <laughs> And so I won a little bit of money, but I lost a whole lot of money. And then finally, once all of my bank accounts had been drained over several months of gambling, I uh, I finally started to dip my hands into the business bank accounts. And it was one of the lowest moments of my life because I had found myself doing things that I never thought that I would do. And so I, I started taking deposits. I started taking from the cash register. And really in my mindset wasn't that I'm stealing money from this business. If anything, I thought it's my money anyways. I own the business, at least half half of it. Um, But the problem was, is that uh, when it came time for payroll to come out on a Friday, we had about 20 employees who were working for us. My business partner, he pulled me aside into the office and he said, all right, Nate, it's time to cut the checks for everybody. And I just had to come clean. I said, hey, listen, here's the problem. If, if we write these checks, there's not going to be any money in these accounts to cover them. And he was confused and he didn't understand what was going on. And finally, everything started to catch up to him. And he realized that the night before I had taken all of the payroll money and I had lost it all. And so he gave me an ultimatum. He said, you can either sign everything over to me and walk away from this business free and clear or... I'm going to get lawyers involved and I'm going to press charges. So now at 26 years old, I, I signed over essentially what was my life's work at that point. And I moved back home again with my mom and dad, another walk of shame. And uh, they were grateful to have me, but um, they also didn't really know the depths of everything that was going on. And so my identity of who I was as a person was being wrapped up in Nate, you're a business owner. When that business was gone, I didn't know who I was anymore. And so I got super depressed. I laid around on the, my parents' couch for six months, could barely hold a job. I'd get a job, and then I'd, get, I'd still deal with this gambling and drug addiction. So I, I'd resort back to what I knew, which was stealing from the cash register. I'd get caught, and then I'd get fired. And when I went and got another job, I, I'd steal from the cash register. I'd get caught, and I'd get fired. I was stuck in this never ending cycle of bad decisions after bad decisions, after bad decisions. You know, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, today, I'm going to do something that is going to ruin the rest of my life. I don't think anybody has ever woken up and said that. Yeah. But what the problem is, is when you find yourself between a rock and a hard place between one bad decision and another bad decision, oftentimes you go to the one that feels less painful. And what I found is, is that oftentimes that one that feels less painful in the moment is actually more damaging to your future. And, but I kept taking the one that was less painful. And and so finally, the last time that I got fired, I was walking around my parents' apartment complex. It was two o'clock in the morning. I would just taken a handful of pills and I was walking around different cars, trying to see if they were unlocked, see if there was anything that I could steal or take on the inside, anything that I could get my hands on. Um, and finally, I lifted open the console of one of the cars. I stuck my hands in and I found the keys to one of the cars. Wow. And so Now in my twisted, crazy, drug-induced mind, I made this decision that I needed a fresh start. I needed to get out of here. I needed to run away. And maybe this car was a, a gift. Maybe this car could help me get out of here because my life was falling apart. And so I didn't understand in the moment, but I was making another decision that would shape me for the rest of my life. And I ended up stealing this car. And I went to my house, my parents, where they lived. And I packed five garbage bags of clothes. I threw them in the back seat and I headed for Houston, Texas, I had a buddy who lived down there and, uh, he said, Nate, if you ever find your way down here, man, I'll help you get back on your feet. He knew I hit some rough times. Now, listen, he didn't know I was about to steal this car, but he, he, he did offer his place up and, and listen, I I stole a 1999 Buick LeSabre. If you're going to steal a car, okay. There are plenty of cars out there that you can get your hands on that are a little bit better than a Buick LeSabre. Okay. <laughs> But when you find yourself in the wrong headspace, in the wrong place altogether, you never know what could happen. And so I headed for Houston, Texas. Um, I got about halfway from Ohio to Texas. I got about halfway to, uh, to a small town right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And I knew that I needed to get some sleep because I'd been up for about three days at this point. I knew I needed to get some sleep. And so I pulled into a gas station. I just wanted to get some rest so I could finish the rest of my journey. And I was woken up at 9 a.m. to uh, to some banging on the window, bang, 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 bang. And uh, a stranger's hand reached into the car and pulled me out, put me on the ground, and began to put me in handcuffs. And I realized in that moment, I'm in some serious trouble. And the cops, they had put me in the back of their cop car. And this is when the thoughts started rolling around in my head. You're never gonna change. This is who you are. Life is never going to be any different than what it is right now. And so they took me to Cheatham County Jail in Ashland City, Tennessee. And I was hanging out with the country boys, okay? I didn't know where I was. I'm not a country boy myself. And so I'm (laughs) I'm hanging out with these country boys. And they didn't know where I came from. And so we got to know each other real fast. And uh, I'll tell you, jail, I say this to people. and And they give me some weird looks when I say it. But jail was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And this is why. It gave me a chance to, first of all, clear my head and it gave me an opportunity to say, okay, when I get out of here, I'm going to need to make some changes in my life. I'm going to need to move in a different direction. And oftentimes when we are faced with these big life altering moments, they are opportunities. they are opportunities to pivot. they are opportunities to shift. If we allow them, they can be fuel for us to have a completely different life. And so I remember very distinctly, um, the, the only opportunity that we got to get out of our uh, our pod or our cell was once a month, they would offer church services. And listen, I, I'm a man of faith. I don't apologize at all for, for what I believe. I also, I'm not here to push or, or tell anybody else what to believe. But back then, I, I'll be honest with you, I don't want anything to do with God. I felt like he had given up on me. I felt like he didn't care about me. And I, I definitely didn't think he was listening to me but they offered us to go to church. And the only reason why I wanted to go was just so I could see something different, just so I could get out of the, the four cinder block walls that I had seen for so long. And so we walked down this long hallway and they take us to a room off to the left. And inside there were 16 folding chairs. And so we all sat down one by one and in walked this really old, old, old man. (laughs) And he sat down and he pulled out a really old, old, old guitar. And he started to strum it a little bit. And as he was tuning it up, he looked at us and he said, fellas, the only difference between me and you is that I never got caught. And he started to sing this song called Amazing Grace. And it goes, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I see. And I looked around the room as that song was being played. And I saw 16 guys with tears started streaming down their face. And this wasn't just little tears, man. They were, they were ugly crying. Okay. They weren't even good. We weren't good looking. We had messed up beards. Our hair was crazy. Orange is not a good color on any man, especially when you're crying. And so now all of a sudden I'm in this moment where I feel this overwhelming sense of peace, And I describe it as this perfect moment in my life because I wasn't worried about my past. I wasn't worried about my future, when I'm going to get out of here. But I was just in this moment and I felt like everything was going to be okay. And what I didn't realize it then, but that was the peace of God settling on my life. And I knew that when I got out, I I wanted to make some changes. I knew that from there, things had to look different for me. And so when I got out of jail, uh, they gave me a, a felony theft over a thousand because you're not allowed to steal things, turns out. Um, but my little sister, she was 21 years old at the time, and she could have said anything to me. She could have said, hey, big brother, do you want to go party? Do you want to go celebrate? You've been locked up for six months. But she said, hey, do you want to go to church with me? Wow. And I said, no, I don't. <laughs> She said, well, it's better than anything else you've been doing for a while. So why don't you give it a shot? And turns out she was right. And so uh, we went to this church service. It was in the backside of a mall somewhere. And it didn't look like any church that I'd ever been to before. And so I walked in, but thinking that people were going to judge me. uh, But when I walked in, I was met with love and not judgment. And my walls started to come down and, and I sat in the service and I, I thought it was going to be uh, music that I wasn't going to relate to. But the music seemed to be more relevant to me and the place I was at in my life. And then finally, this man came on stage and he started yelling from the front. He started saying, God isn't mad at you, but he's mad about you. And even in your lowest moment, all he wants is a personal relationship with you. And then he said in this very beautiful moment, he said, if, if anybody wants to accept a fresh start with Jesus, go ahead and just shoot up your hand on the count of three, one, two. And I'm kind of like looking around left and right. I don't want anybody to see me. And finally, he says, three, I do this like kind of like, like, hey, like you see me, I see you kind of thing. But like, I don't want anybody else to, I don't need to go the full stretch. But in that moment, I had accepted a, a fresh start with Jesus. And, and I knew that God had forgiven me. But here's the problem. I still hadn't forgiven myself yet. And so my eternal destination was secure, but I was still messy on the inside. There were still a lot of things that I had to figure out. And that's when I really started to dive, do a deep dive in into personal development and motivation and inspiration. And what does it mean if I want my world to change that I have to be the one that changes first? And so, like I said, in the very beginning of this, I was a messy person, but there were some people that were willing to get messy with me. And ever since then, my life has looked very different. So now I get to lead hundreds of volunteers at that very same church every single week. Um, I've written a book, uh, me and my wife, we got married last year. We, we had a, a wedding in the middle of 2020. Um, we could have waited, but we were we were, we had some things to handle our, we had some business to take care of. And so we wanted to be married. Um, but we also, we bought our first investment property together. We we own a duplex and uh, which I'm super thankful for. Uh, it's it's one of the first decisions that I made that is going to pay off, not in the now, but it's also going to help. It's going to support us through our future. Um, I've, I've sat on the board of nonprofits for underprivileged youth. Um, I do a lot of one-on-one coaching. I help other people, make their comeback. So my life is very different now than it ever used to be.
1: Hey, what's up, fam? To all my business owners out there, do you need to get your business out to more eyes and ears? Do you have a book that you want to get into the hands of other people? Well, here's your opportunity. The Pursuit of Passion Podcast is looking to partner with you. We are offering advertising opportunities, so hit us up today. All serious inquiries can email us at podcast at relentlessmotivationalgroup.com. And remember, all things motivate. goals. How many goals have you set up for yourself when you gave up because it was too hard? How many times did you feel you weren't good enough because the journey seems tedious? I too felt this way, but then things changed. I realized I had to change how I think. I had to change who I was. I had to be relentless. I am K Noel. I want to tell you about my book, Be Relentless. It teaches how to understand your roar, your design path, hitting your mark, and much more. Purchase your copy of Be Relentless today at www.relentlessmotivationalgroup.com. It's not just another book, it's a movie. So are you ready to be relentless? Man, just hearing your story, I can relate to it so much from, from jail I enjoyed jail. I just (laughs) want to put that out there Uh, from, from the church experience. Yeah. My church experience was nowhere near the norm. Yeah. When, when I first, after, uh, you know, the change for me, church was in a house, somebody's house in their living room. Wow. So, you know, how was that for you? You, Because, you know, we, we had this in our mind, how we thought church was supposed to be. Yeah. And I don't mean to go this way, but it's just the way it's going.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I went to church. I had a completely, I had already built up the thought process in my mind of what it was going to be. I had already made it up that I wasn't going to like it, that I wasn't going to uh, connect with anybody, that this really wasn't for me. You know, it's just like God to put you in the right place with the right people to completely blow your mind. And that's what happened to me. I got to this church, and there were people who were my age, but there were people who were a little bit older, farther along, too, who could help scoop me up and, and put me, take me underneath their wing and say, come here, kid, you're coming with me. And I actually, everything started to change for me because it was nothing like what I thought it was going to be. Even though I was dragged there, kicking and screaming, didn't want to go, when I got there, it was like God had met me exactly where I was. And I didn't have to get it all together. I didn't have to be clean. I didn't have to have it perfect. I just had to I just had to come. I just had to come before him. And so for me, my church experience was nothing like what I thought it was going to be.
1: Wow. So, so tell me this on your journey of transformation. how How was that journey? Could you describe that journey a little bit?
0: Yeah. So first of all, the first thing that I always say, if anybody ever wants to make a comeback, first of all, they have to believe that it's possible. And listen, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I believe in you. Maybe you haven't heard this in a really long time, but I believe in you. I believe that everything that you need inside of you to make your comeback is already there. I believe that you're more than a conqueror, but I also need you to know that it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. And
1: so I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop you right there. For yeah, because I, I feel it. There's somebody that's listening or watching right now and they need to hear that again because they it, they they probably weren't paying. They are probably looking in their phone again. So
0: say that one more time. I, I said that I believe in you and I believe that everything that you need to change is already inside of you. But it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what you think. And maybe you've given yourself plenty of reasons not to believe in yourself, but all of that can change in a moment. All of that can change based on the new decisions that you're going to make moving forward. And so for me, when, when I was making my comeback, the very first step that I had to do, first of all, I had to believe that it was possible. I had to see it. So I started to create this vision for my life. I started to, in my mind, imagine what my comeback could look like. I had to imagine that things were not looking the way that they were looking right now. I had to imagine that they were different. I had to imagine that I had better friendships, that I had better relationships, that I was living somewhere else, that that I could afford a car, that I, I could be a better person, that I can make an impact. I had to begin to all see that in my mind. And I created this vision and I wrote it down. And then once I wrote it down, I started to make new decisions that lined up with that vision of my life, okay? I started to make new decisions, and I just want us to understand the power of our decisions in a moment. Think of your life right now. Think of everything that you've been through. Think of uh, where you're at right now. Think of um, the person that you're, maybe you're married or, or, or dating. All of those moments that we're, we're, we're thinking of, they required a few decisions to get there, Now, imagine if you would have made one or two decisions differently, where your life could be or would be. Now, I don't want us to buy into the fact that we should have have known what those decisions should have been, but I, I do want us to understand this one thing. I want us to understand that our decisions can determine our direction. Our decisions can determine our destiny. If we allow them, they will shape our future. And so my decision-making started to get really, really better because it was lining up with the vision that I created for my life. So my decisions my my vision plus my decisions. And then here's the kicker. I had to multiply it by time. And the hardest four-letter word any of us are ever going to hear, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, is wait. W-A-I-T, wait. It's the hardest four-letter word any of us are ever going to hear. And so finally, for me, I just had to understand that if this comeback is going to happen, it's going to take some time. And so maybe you've make it, been making the right decisions for a while and it, it doesn't look like anything's changing. Give it some more time. I know this giving up will never get you where you want to go. Giving up will never get you where you want to go.
1: Man, that was powerful. I, I just. <laughs> I'm speechless, man, because it, it and it, and its power in in your mindset. Yes, I, and and I tell people that all the time. Your your mindset dictates a lot yes. because it's, it's in your mind that you know our mind is telling our organs, our organs and our body to to you know do what they're supposed to do. That's right. So, and it's, it's a, it's a powerful thing to have that mindset, that, that set forth mindset. Um, I can't think of the scripture, but it was one scripture in the Old Testament. Um, God told him, he said, make your face like a flint. Don't, don't focus on what's on the left or the right side. Keep looking forward. That's right. Because no matter what the journey that we go on, it's going to always be opposition. It's going to be stuff going on on the sides of us. So and, and that is, is speaking of that's a question I want to ask you. I'm, I'm sure you you face some stuff that was, you know, on those sides that that wanted to to pull at the, the old version of you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How, how did you deal with that opposition?
0: Yeah. So first of all, um, this is what I need you to know is that maybe you've heard this before and maybe I'm just reminding you of this, but your friends will determine your future. So the saying goes that the five people that you spend the most time with are who you ultimately are going to become. You're the average of the five people you do life with. And so for me, I had to take an inventory of my friends. I had to take an inventory of the people that were around me. And I looked around, man, and um, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't impressed. I didn't love who I was spending most of my time with. I mean, they, they were okay. They, they weren't bad people, but were, were they going the places that I wanted to go? Probably not. And so what I've finally made the decision, what I finally had the confidence to do was to say, I'm going to be selective I'm gonna choose who I let invest into me and who I invest my time in. And so when I tell people that, are they saying that they they go, Nate? So are you telling me that I've gotta, I've gotta give up on people? I've gotta, I've gotta stop being friends with them. I've got to, I've got to walk away. And for some of you, yeah, absolutely. You need maybe this is the moment that you need to know that it's okay to walk away from that toxic relationship. Maybe it's a significant other. That you need to walk away from. Now you've been knowing you've been needing to do it for a long time. This is the permission that this is finally the motivation that you're getting to finally walk away and say, "I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I deserve better. I deserve more. Not because uh, not because I'm special, but because of what God is doing through me, and I have a right to the calling and purpose that He's placed on my life." be able to say, I am no longer entertaining this. I'm no longer allowing this into my life. And so for me, I got very selective with who I was letting in my life. And so that was like one of the very first steps. I got a mentor. I got some new friends. And listen, when it comes to taking advice from people, when it comes to getting a mentor or an advisor or, or a pastor, whoever it is, I always say this, are you willing to switch places with that person? And when I say that, I'm saying, Would you trade your life for theirs? Because if if you don't want what they have, why are you listening to them? I am not going to take financial advice from my broke uncle at the barbecue. Okay. Right. I'm just not going to do, I love you. Thank you. But you've shown me what not to do. So I need to look at people who are doing what I want to do and allow them to speak into my life. And so that's ultimately what I did. I got around some people who knew more than I did, who had what I wanted, and I listened. I didn't just try to say, I know it all, because we've all been there, right? Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I said, you know what, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna shut up, and I'm gonna listen. And they really encouraged me to go on this self-internal look, this journey that I looked inward and I started to realize that, man, I didn't really like the things that I was seeing on the inside. And that even though God forgave me, I didn't really forgive myself yet. And so I had to go on this journey where I actually sat down with three different versions of myself. I sat down with past Nate. I sat down with present Nate. And then I sat down with future Nate. And I looked at past Nate and I said, man, you blew it. You did, you did a lot of really bad things. I don't like who you were. If you would have done things different, we would have a different life. But then I looked at past Nate and I said, I forgive you and I love you. And I can't imagine what that would do for some of us right now. If we looked in the mirror and we looked at our past self and we said, I know you messed up, but I still love you. I still forgive you. It's okay. And then I looked At present, Nate, and I said, listen, buddy, I know that nobody sees the changes that you've made in your life, but I see them and I believe in you. So keep going. Don't stop. Nobody else is rooting for you right now, but I am. And we can do this. And I started to coach myself. And then I looked at future Nate and I said, whatever it takes to give you the life that you deserve is what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to have the hard conversations. I'm willing to get uncomfortable. I'm willing to work hard. I'm willing to grind. I'm willing to to do whatever it takes to give you a better life. And so finally, I got to this place where I started to build some self-confidence in myself because for the first time in my life, I trusted myself. If you ever spent any time with someone who calls themselves your friend, but really talks about you behind your back, they're more like a frenemy than they are your friend, that's what it's like when you hang out with yourself and you don't like you. If you don't like you, it's like hanging out with a friend of me who you just have to be around all the time. And so finally I got to this place where, where I fell in love with myself again, where I believed in me, where I trusted myself. And that's where all of my self confidence comes because now I don't have to listen to the other voices. I don't have to listen to everything that's coming in because I trust what's in here. I trust what God has placed inside of me. And so now it's, it's me, it's me and God, not me and everybody else.
1: And they sound like you have another book right there, living with the enemy.
0: (laughs) I I think you're, I think you're speaking something to existence right now. (laughs) I'm gonna let you have that one. Make sure you write that one (laughs) down. I love it.
1: But, but, and and I want people to understand this because, and, and I was just talking to somebody about this earlier. And, and I want you all to hear this and see this, that the importance of your connections, the people that you surround yourself with, mm. that, that, that is very key. And, and and that's what I keep hearing in your story from from the old Nate to the Nate at that point. And I'm sure it goes on even to the Nate now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The people that you surround yourself with are so so important. And this is what I've I've come to understand is that if I'm ever going to be the type of person that I want to be, I've got to be grateful for what I have. I can't just be looking around and uh, wishing that I had more. It's okay to have a vision, but you have to be grateful for what you have now because gratitude reminds, and before you write this off on another gratitude list or, 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 okay, here we go. I've heard this before. Gratitude reminds us that we are enough and that we have enough. And you know, what's so interesting when you are grateful, you bring people into your life that want to be around you. You ever been around somebody that's ungrateful, that's <laughs> yeah. just, just ugly on the inside, and you don't want to spend time around them at all. But, but the person who is grateful and of service to other people and life giving and full of light and love, it's like, man, I can't wait to hang out with that person. And so for me, the more work that I did on the inside, it's like the, the better the people around me started to become.
1: We now interrupt your regularly scheduled program for a very special announcement. Midweek blues holding you back. Got a bad case of the Wednesdays? Well, check out the No Wednesday podcast with Dr. C. Emmanuel Little, where No Wednesday formed against us shall prosper is the mantra. It's the absolute best variety show, founded on self-care, but featuring a little humor, a little music, a lot of information, and most of all, you. No Wednesday is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and most other podcast platforms. Follow the show at No Wednesday on Instagram and Twitter, and use the hashtag No Wednesday to follow
0: the conversation. Enjoy the show, and be be easy, be easy, be easy.
1: Hey, what's up, fam? Y'all check this out. If you need music for your next album, your podcast, or maybe even your next video, you know, your YouTube or whatever, I need you to check out my bro, Toma Beats. Hit him up today so he can set you up with dope music like what you hear in the background now. He also is the producer of the music you are hearing in the background for Seasons 1 and 2 of Pursuit of Passion Podcast. So check him out today on Instagram, Toma underscore beaks. That's T-O-M-A underscore Beats. Or you can look him up on Facebook. Toma bees. All right. Let them know K Noel sent you. All right. So, so let's talk about the current Nate that the Nate that I'm talking to now. Yeah, man. What is Nate doing now? I know you you mentioned, you know, the, the pretty much the real estate and stuff. So what's going on with Nate now?
0: So right now, as we speak, at the time of this recording, my book has not yet come out. So the book is getting ready to come out in a few weeks from now. So I have been elbows deep in everything when it comes to book launch, marketing, and and trying to get this book into the right hands of other people. But really my passion besides just this book is, is helping other people unlock their comeback writing their own comeback story. And so um, what I've actually done is I've created this pay it forward initiative where you can actually partner with me to buy a book for someone that you've never met before and I will personally deliver it to them. Uh, Let me say it like this. If you've ever given anybody 50 or $100 to pay their bills, you know, listen, I've been on both sides of it before. I've been the giver, but I've also been the receiver of that. And when I was the receiver, It didn't actually change anything for me. It just put a Band-Aid on a bigger issue that I had. And and so I didn't need another handout. I needed to be taught. I needed to be resourced. I needed to be inspired. And so what I've given people the opportunity to do is to to be a part of somebody else's comeback story by paying it forward. So if you partner with me, you buy a book for someone that you've never met before, and I will get it into the hands of someone in a rehab or a recovery center. Right now, there's 246 million people in recovery. A good portion of them are in rehab and recovery centers. And so I've worked with not just local recovery centers, but ones out of state and across this country to be able to partner with them to share my story. And my goal is to be able to, every time that I go, to be able to give this book away for free and look at somebody and say, hey, this is not a gift from me. This is a gift from someone that you've never met before that cares about you, and so you can go to you'llneverchange.com dot com slash pay it forward and partner with me, and we can start to inspire change in the lives of people who really need it the most.
1: And for those of you who who want to help with this mission, I will put the descript I will put it the link in the description though. so you have the opportunity. Um, th- this is a great thing, man. I'm. I'm going to help. I'm going to help towards this as well. So, you know, I told you that before we even started, you know, so I, I encourage you all to to do the same. So, so tell me, where can they um, find you on social media?
0: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at who is Nate Dukes, or you can find me on Facebook. It's just Nate Dukes. Um, And then also the website is You'll Never Change. And and it has some other resources on there as well. You can actually get a um, a free copy of the first chapter of this book just by going over to the website.
1: All right. And and Nate, this is how I'm going to end this episode. Every guest that I have, I I give you the floor, the opportunity to speak to the listeners, to encourage them with, you know, pretty much what's on your heart to, to encourage them. So I'm just going to let you have the floor and go at it.
0: Well, Hey, listen, I really do appreciate that. Listen, here's the one piece of advice you need. If you're making your comeback right now is that anytime you start to do something of significance, it's always going to attract people who want to tear you down. We call them haters, right? So if you go and you watch any YouTube video that has more than a million views on it, if you read the comments, it's full of nothing but hate, man. We love to tear down other people's building instead of building ours bigger. And this is what I need you to know, that haters are a sign of significance, okay? So when you start to make your comeback, you're going to start to attract some people that are going to start to say some things that you don't want to hear. But I would ask you this question, If you don't have anybody hating on you right now, what are you actually doing? And so just be prepared. It's going to feel like you are a plant growing through concrete. People aren't going to understand you. They're not going to get it. They're not going to want to see you succeed. Because as soon as we see somebody else succeed, for whatever reason, it's our human nature. Instead of celebrating them, we begin to tear them down. And so just be prepared. Haters are a sign of significance, but you can still weather this storm.
1: Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, Nate, I just want to tell you, man, I appreciate you for stopping through, taking the time to interview with me, man. This, you got an awesome, incredible story, man. And I, and I really enjoy hearing it. So, and I, and I just want to thank you for sharing your story with us, man. Even, even the book, man, I know it's going to touch a lot of people and and you yourself is going to help a lot of people. So yeah, man. I appreciate you.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much, Noel. I am so thankful to be a part of this podcast and the show. Listen, if you are listening to him right now, continue to – this man knows what he's talking about, and he's doing something really, really cool. So I totally support you, Noel. I'm excited for your future and everything with this podcast as well.
1: Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Well, you all know the drill. Whatever time of the day you're listening to this, make the best of it because you already know we're leaving no days left behind. So no matter what time of the day it is, whether it's the morning, the evening or the night, you all have a great day and we are out. Thanks for joining us this week on the Pursuit of Passion podcast with K. Noel. Make sure to visit our website at www.relentlessmotivationalgroup.com to purchase books by K. Noel and Relentless Wear. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter. Both handler names are RelentlessMG1. And also, check us out on Facebook at Relentless Motivational Group. Also, join the Relentless texting community today by texting Relentless to 404 962 Be sure to subscribe now to the Pursuit of Passion podcast with K. Noel to catch a new episode every Thursday. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and a ton of other podcast platforms. If you would like to look us up on Anchor, that would be anchor.fm forward slash the Pursuit of Passion. If you would like to send a donation, you can do so on our website or on our Anchor page. Last but not least, always remember that all things motivate.